Hello and welcome to another podcast of Father and Joe. I'm Joe Rocky here with Father Boniface Hicks. And I do promise we will get back to our virtue series we're doing. But today's New Year's and we wanted to do a little um, special episode just about New Year's in general. And um, Father, I'm going to let you take the floor with this because until today I didn't know that there was a special church celebration for New Year's. Um, and until I started dating Teresa, I didn't even know New Year's was a holy day of obligation. So with that all being said, I'm going to let you take the floor because I'm missing something here. Well, you just explained it. A holy day of obligation. Why would the church do that unless it were a special day? One of the things that we do in the Catholic Church is uh, we've, we've developed this process of novenas, which often take place before things. So there's a novena before Pentecost. That's the original. Between the Ascension and Pentecost, there's a nine-day prayer of, of preparation. And then another uh, tradition in the Catholic Church is when we've celebrated a big feast like Christmas, we keep celebrating the feast. It's like the reverberations of it. It hits so hard that it, it keeps uh, kind of resounding, uh, echoing for eight days. That's called an octave. And the eighth day of the celebration is often a special day. And uh, the other main octave that we still celebrate in uh, the, the new form of the Mass in Vatican II is the Easter octave. And throughout every day in the week after Easter, we celebrate Easter. And then actually on the octave day, we have Divine Mercy Sunday. It's beautiful. At Christmas time, every day after Christmas, the whole week after Christmas, is Christmas Day. We still say it's Christmas Day. And then on the eighth day, which is the octave day, so this, the, uh, the week Christmas is on a Tuesday. The following Tuesday is the octave day. And that's always New Year's Day. And we celebrate that as a special feast dedicated to the Mother of God. That's uh, shifted around what the focus of that feast is. But the octave day of Christmas is always a special day. And so the church even expects us to celebrate. We use that language of Holy Day of Obligation. I like to quote one of our WAOB listeners who wrote in one year and said, I like to call it a holy day of opportunity. And I think that's a nice way to look at it, where the church says, I give you permission to set aside everything else today to focus on God. You won't suffer from that. It's kind of like every Sunday is that way. And then also certain special days throughout the year. There's just a handful of them. Set aside everything else and focus on God, just like a Sunday. And you won't lose out. And in fact, you'll, you'll gain and grow from that. And at the very least, you got to go to Mass because how can you really make a day holy if you don't even go to Mass? So Mass is really the bare minimum and then as much as you can, really making it a special day set aside for the Lord. Now, it works pretty well with our secular world in this case too because we tend to celebrate New Year's Day as a holiday. Doesn't that sound interesting? Holiday. Oh, that comes from the word holy day. So, uh, as it turns out, the secular world has taken up the holy day of the octave of Christmas. And as I said, the particular emphasis that we have now for that holy day, that holiday of New Year's Day, is the Blessed Virgin Mary. And in particular, under the mystery of her motherhood, we celebrate the motherhood of the Virgin Mary. 
which seems like kind of an obvious choice given the fact that she just gave birth a week ago. And so we're really in touch with her motherhood. And we, we focus on that, uh, that mystery of her motherhood. We have on uh, New Year's Day also the chance to uh, reflect on the, the shepherds in their arrival. That's always the gospel for New Year's Day is the, the shepherds arrival and uh, celebration of the mystery. Christmas Midnight Mass is the revelation to the shepherds that a, a sign, they will find a sign, a child born in a manger, um, and uh, kind of goes, I'm sorry, the, uh, well, anyway, I'm getting myself a little bit confused, but the point is we, uh, we focus on New Year's Day on the, on the motherhood of Mary. And so another thing that's been the case since the Second Vatican Council is that it's also the World Day of Peace. And we have a sense, whenever we have a new beginning, we have a sense of uh, this New Year's Day being a new beginning, even though it's a kind of arbitrary thing. I mean, it's just a calendar thing, like whatever. We went from this arbitrary December 31st to this arbitrary January 1st, and you know we had to we're counting up years starting somewhere, and so you know now it went it goes from whatever 2018 to 2019, or it's all a little it's all man-made in that sense, but. Okay, I mean there is it does correspond with something heavenly. There's a a full rotation of the uh, of the however that goes the 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 phases of the the sun, the earth around the sun. Um, you know we've we've gone a full revolution and we're going to start over again. Uh, and so there is a cosmic quality to it, a heavenly quality to it. And uh, because of our numbering and our our system, there's a new beginning. And the church wanted to claim that new beginning, launching from the incarnation, launching from the birth of Jesus, launching from the motherhood of Mary, and recognizing Jesus as the Prince of Peace and Mary as the Queen of Peace, and really praying for that grace of peace throughout the whole world. And and it is amazing how much Christianity Obviously, we know lots of kind of bad things, but Christianity has brought a tremendous amount of peace, a tremendous reduction of violence, a tremendous reverence for every human person has spread throughout the whole world in the last 2,000 years. Christianity really has brought so much peace. We need more, and we can only keep going deeper with that. But anyway, just a couple of those key things the motherhood of Mary, so there's that new beginning. She's a new mother bringing forth God himself who enters into our mess and has a way of renewing us. And then this world day of peace to begin our new year. And and that's a nice platform on which we often make New Year's resolutions. It's a little bit secular, but it's a nice it's a nice practice. Make a New Year's resolution. Have a new beginning. Set out and make some goals and make them holy ones. Make them goals that God would be proud of. Make them goals that will bring forth more peace into your life and into the life of your family, your church, your uh, community. So those, th- that, new, that sense of new beginning together with Mary's new motherhood and the sweetness and, and light that come from that is worth focusing on. And the church gives us that holy day that, that also goes with the secular holiday to do that. Yeah, when you talk about peace there, it 
it just seems that when you, know, you hear that, you hear during the petitions, it's always pray for peace. And normally when people think of that, they're thinking about wars and, you know, big conflicts that just need to end. And that's how you get peace, you know. But in reality, if you really break it down, it starts on an individual level. And in the family unit, which essentially is the core of the faith, the the one who normally brings the most peace is the mother. She's the hmm. one who resolves the conflicts. And to make the to make it about Mary and about peace, that makes complete sense. You know, as you move forward in life, things escalate into big wars because there's a disconnect between one person and then it grows and it grows. And that's how you eventually get to war. You know, you don't ever have people, two people who like each other start shooting each other. That just doesn't happen. Um, and then the second point that thought they thought out of there is one of the, the things that has come up here and there is kind of this, this overall, well, how do you know that Christianity is real? How do you know any of this is legit? And my answer for that is, well, look at anything else. Things that don't have substantial truth behind them wither away. They become fads. They're here for a little bit and they disappear. And essentially, everywhere on planet Earth that Christianity has been truly implemented and tried, it has sustained since 2,000 years ago. So when you look at the proof being in there, the core of the mission is there. And, you know, peace being one of the many fruits that have come out the world, you know, becoming a Christian, um, just something to, to emphasize that further. Because as you look at it, especially in the last century, now that we record everything and want to be this world of mega stats, in terms of conflicts, less people have died each decade going now than the decade before it and um for quite a while and there's a lot of reasons for that but one of which is is peace and, and this renewing growth of peace and that's as the world's population has grown so if you think about that that's a quite a remarkable remarkable feat there so so ultimately at the end of the day that's why this is the important day this is Mary, the mother of peace, celebrating the octave of Christmas and bringing everything together. So there's quite a lot going into today um, for New Year's Day. And uh, kind of makes me wonder how I missed the boat growing up. Because when I was 13, the most important thing about the day was the Rose Bowl. Um, and, now, <laughs> and now you see all this more important stuff that's going on here. So, um, so I'm going to let you continue with your teaching here. I, I didn't mean to sidetrack no, you there. Are wonderful comments. Yeah. I really, I really love your connection between, uh, the mother and peace too. It's, uh, it makes me think of a homily I heard from, uh, Bishop Daniel Conlon, who is now the Bishop of Joliet in Illinois. And when he was installed as Bishop there, he was preaching at that installation mass. And he said, uh, you know, my mother, is a wonderful cook and she makes these great pies and uh, they're really fantastic. He described a little bit, of, a little bit of detail there and how wonderfully they taste. And, and he said, but the most important thing my mother does is not cook, 
it's that she keeps unity in the home. And he said, because who really wants to eat when people are at each other's throats? It's when she's able to keep unity that we're also able to enjoy what she's made for us. And he said, and he was connecting with that with his ministry as the bishop, that the bishop is the principle of unity and has that ministry uh, for unity. But just uh, made me think of that when you made the connection there between motherhood and peace. There is a way that a mother unifies. And I always think of mothers having these kind of big cushiony hearts and it's like they can sort of take a lot, you know, and they have big enough arms to gather us all into their arms. They have a way of gathering and all the kids and the husband into her arms and sort of holding us all together, uh, even when we might be more willing to, you know, hit each other or something like that. There's uh, this kind of big cushiony quality to uh, a mother's heart and to her arms gathering us in and, and really making us one. Uh, and certainly for the children, you know, in a, in a physical way, in in the normal case, you know, that we all we all came from the same womb. You know, there's a certain unity in the fact that we lived in the same tiny little space for uh, nine months of our lives. It's it's really amazing. The mother's body is able to hold, you know, one after another, usually not all at the same time, but still able to hold all these different unique people that, that enter into the world. So yeah, we, reflecting on Mary's motherhood, we really have that because she's obviously the mother of Jesus, and you know that's what we're celebrating on Christmas Day. And and because she's the mother of Jesus, we call her the mother of God because Jesus is God. And so we realize how amazing she is. You know, I mean, there's only one mother of God, and God gave her a lot of special gifts to be able to carry out that uh, special role. But at the same time. Because we are all baptized into Jesus, and as he did explicitly on the cross when he said to his disciple, Behold your mother, he said to all of his disciples in that moment, Behold your mother. Um, for those reasons, she's our mother as well. So she's a universal mother. And being the mother of God, she's also the mother of the church. She's the mother of each one of us. And so we all come to her. And the more that we are able to come to her, the more that we all recognize her as our one mother, the more she's able to bring peace between us, the more she's able to bring peace between uh, conflicts and uh, disagreements, misunderstandings, uh, and even to bring peace in the midst of war-torn situations. She's a mother, and she's a mother of all of us. And, and, and so, you know, again, on this New Year's Day, uh, and there's nothing wrong with the Rose Bowl and, and uh, football games and uh, different kinds of entertainment, little whatever parties and getting together. Now, it's not it should never be an excuse for sinfulness, for debauchery. You know, it's not an excuse to get drunk and be sloppy and and hurt people and be self-indulgent. And those things don't really move us forward. They're not really relaxing. They cause more problems. Um, it's like drinking salt water when we're thirsty, you know, it's like, yeah, it might wet your tongue for a moment, but it does a lot more damage in the end. So we don't want to do that. Uh, but, you know, there is a place for recreation and enjoyment, but I just really encourage our listeners, spend a little time with your mother, with your heavenly mother, take a little time in, in silence and reflect on what her life was like a week after Jesus was born. 
one of the side notes is the octave day, eight days after the birth of a baby, the baby was circumcised, a male baby was circumcised in the Jewish faith. And so the octave day of Christmas is also the circumcision of Jesus. And that was a little bit more reflected in uh, times past. We celebrate January 3rd as the holy name of Jesus. And of course, that holy name was given when he was circumcised. And so that's the, the reading for the holy name of Jesus. But um, that literally happened a week after his birth. On the eighth day, Jesus was circumcised. And so that's something that we reflect on, too. So soon after he was born, he shed his first blood. And that drop of blood that came from the circumcision, the cry of pain that Jesus experienced, all that anticipated the cross. And so that's, a, that's always a little shadow over the Christmas season, is that there's a cross coming. In the sweetness of a mother holding a baby, there's a cross coming. That mother's going to hold that baby again when he's 33 years old and his body is broken and lifeless. And so we don't, we don't forget that either. And that's important for us because our lives are like that too. You know, we have Christmas Day. We have the sweetness of these times together. We have moments of family harmony and family unity. But we have the cross. We have the cross in our own lives. And knowing that the cross is coming, knowing that we've passed through the cross, doesn't diminish the beauty and the sweetness of these days. Mary, at some level, she certainly didn't know the details, but at some level she knew there was going to be suffering ahead. She would be told that explicitly at the presentation when Simeon would say to her, and your own heart will be pierced by a sword that the thoughts of many hearts may be revealed. It would be said to her explicitly that her son was would be a sign of contradiction and would be the cause of the rise and fall of many nations. So that shadow was there, but Mary has a way of living in the shadow, of living in the midst of the suffering, of being in the midst of the mess, and having the peaceful, loving unity of a mother. And that's what we want to make sure to celebrate today as well, is that unifying impact of Mother Mary in the midst of whatever's happened in the past year. Again, New Year's Day is a time for a new beginning. No matter where your life is, no matter how difficult things are, no matter what's happened in the past year, today's a day of a new beginning. Begin it with our mother, with the baby Jesus, and remember that with God, as Mary said, all things are possible with God. Yeah, and as as you were saying that, it made me think of something. You know, because obviously the Gospels are about Jesus, most of them, or correction, not most of them, they don't spend a whole lot of time before he starts his public ministry. You know, there's, there's, in terms of percentage of the Bible, the vast majority of it is after he started his ministry and got baptized. So we don't really see a whole lot of Mary when she's doing basically the hardest work she does, which is when Jesus is a child. You know, you don't really get a whole lot of that. And I think as a result, sometimes it's it's almost overlooked that there were times that Jesus was a three-year-old and had the flu. I mean, 
he was fully human. Those things happen to people who are human. You know, that there were times that he was sick and she was worried. And it's not like she could go down to CVS and get a pill. Um, you know, it's, there's a lot of attention and effort that is just not something that that's on the tips of everyone's minds in comparison to the 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 pain that Christ went through because obviously we relive that every uh every single good friday but Mary went through just as much dedication and outpouring herself into Christ as anyone but we don't think about it as much and ultimately it's it's that that gives us the peace that that had to be a part of of Christ in himself you know no matter who you are your mother is a part of you um that's just life so if you, if you think of it from that way and today essentially as you've kind of taught is is another feast about Mary and a way to think that in mind and particularly from the emphasis of peace that's something that that's quite tremendous there so father as we have a kind of final minutes here wrapping up today's cast if you want to give us your final thoughts before we move forward. Yeah. Thanks for those reflections, Joe. Very beautiful. Yeah. It's a, a day of peace, a day of uh, motherly love, a day of comfort, a day of celebration. Uh, and, and even in the midst of our own crosses and struggles and trials and pains. And so uh, I mentioned taking a little bit of quiet time and maybe praying, praying a rosary or even just a decade of the rosary, one mystery. Maybe meditate on the mystery of Mary's motherhood, Medi- meditate on the mystery of the nativity, the third joyful mystery, or or, or um, maybe just meditate on what it was like in uh, the, the Holy Family. Ask for the prayers of St. Joseph. So just to take a little bit of time for prayer today, that this day which has such a secular significance and a lot of go, a lot going on, a lot of football games to watch, you know. But break away at halftime, you know. Get up and and walk away. Close the door. Take a little time uh, in church, or or again, just maybe. I hope your Christmas tree is still up. It's a terrible offense, I feel like, against the Lord when we uh, take all the Christmas decorations down the day after Christmas. Oh no, Christmas continues uh, this year until. January 13th, the baptism of Jesus. That's all the Christmas season. And of course, the Christmas octave, Christmas day continues for that whole week, that eight-day period from December 25th to January 1st. So um, maybe uh, in front of the decorations and in the the warm light of the the Christmas tree or uh, any of those things. It's uh, so good, so important to take some time and remember why we're doing all this much more interesting than just a secular holiday. It really is a holy day in which we can experience the love and tenderness, the care of our mother and Jesus, who is our King, our God, the Savior of the world. Perfect. Well, thank you very much, Father, for teaching us about the importance of New Year's Day here in the church. Like I said, it was something that I had virtually no knowledge of coming into today's cast. So I thank you very much for that. Hope that this was meaningful to all of our listeners out there. Again, please continue to tell a friend as you have been. And we'll be again here with you next week.